Hey folks, welcome to episode 253 of the FW Bass Fishing Podcast in Jasper, Texas. I'm Jody White, joined, as always, by Kyle Wood. Yeah, we're down here. Uh, Kyle, another season is upon us. Can you believe it? Uh, I can, and I'm happy. Finally, right? Yeah. Also, Kyle and I are both exhausted. Well, I'm exhausted. <laughs> no, Kyle <yeah>. maybe isn't. <laughs> maybe not quite to your level because you've been down here for for a few more days, but Wednesday has been a long day. Dude, the first registration of the year is always a long one. This mm-hmm. one seemed particularly long. It was Gosh, also it did. particularly cold because there was no heat in the building we were registering people at. What a weird thing. Yeah. It's got to be a Texas thing. Like They probably have air conditioning. They probably do. And they probably just don't have heat because like, nobody would have... I think it was... Like normally a wedding venue kind yeah, of deal. Yep. And I just think nobody would have a wedding when it's that cold <laughs> is what they're figuring. They did have, they were under renovation or something. So maybe that also had something to do with it, the building. But yeah, odd. Very, odd thing. very odd. But anyhow, we have two interviews for y'all. Uh, mm-hmm. One with Bradford Beavers, one with James Biggs. They're both lovely. Yep. I hope. Uh, either way, you're going to get them. And uh, then Kyle and I will come back and talk about fishing. All right, folks, we are joined now by Bradford Beavers. Um, not a rookie anymore. Uh, really just a certified hammer, a certified public speaker extraordinaire. Oh, yeah, that's me. Um, you did the Marshall. Well, I guess you were our only Marshall uh, meeting uh, talker. I didn't see James. I thought he was going to be here. Yeah, I think he backed out, I guess. Um but how's Rayburn been treating you? Because you've got three days in it now. Plus last year, which you got to overturn. Yeah, it's, I mean, the three days, it's been decent. I mean, but I'm comparing it to 122nd finish, catching, you know, 10 spotted bass a day. So it's overall, it's been a lot better for me than it was last year as far as number of bites and actually being able to catch largemouth this time. I would have killed to catch two pound largemouth last time, whereas this time. <laughs> It just the bites are coming a lot easier. I feel like I can been able to break the lake down a lot faster, a lot more efficient this year than I was last year. I haven't been near as overwhelmed, so I don't think I'm on anything to do really, really well. But just to have waypoints to go back to this time is just it's a big step forward for me than it was last year. All right, I like the sound of that. Um, what a do you feel like this lake? It's your style a little bit because I know it's got grass. And whenever I think of Bradford Beavers, I'm like, well, he's probably going to catch them around some shallow grass. Or do you feel like you have to branch out a little bit? I, yeah, I like the way the lake sets up. In fact, last year I was looking forward to this lake more than any of them, and it was my worst finish. But I like the grass. Um, I like that it's got shallow wood. I like the creek channels and, and you know, the big deep points. It. It has a, a lot of everything I'm used to fishing back home. But for some reason, last year just didn't come together. And I mean, I know it was because of the floods. I was overwhelmed. But overall, I do like the lake and the way it sets up. I don't particularly like having to run the big water of the lake. But the fishing aspect of the lake, I do, I do like, you know, how it sets up. Okay. You say you were overwhelmed last year. Obviously, though, it was just for that tournament. <laughs> Because you turned things around pretty dang well after that. What changed? Was it just that you were at lakes that were normal? Or was it you got your feet under you at the first one and then you hit some lakes that were a little bit... Like, what 
What I, was kind of the switch there? I feel like after it was all over with and on the ride home, I just realized that with three days of practice, I was looking for too much stuff that was off the wall. You know, something I was always looking for something that nobody else would find, and I felt like with only three days of practice, you just can't you can't really look for that. That is something that if you ever find anything that's completely off the wall, I think it almost happens by accident. And I was just forcing to find that special thing nobody else would find. And I feel like when it was all over practice, I just wasted three days and never figured out even the obvious stuff. Okay, that's a probably a good point. Do you? When you were at Rayburn last time, did you try to bite off like a huge swath of the lake to look at? And do you feel like that might have tripped you up? Or is it less about the area of the lake, more about just the features and what patterns you're trying to pursue? Well, I'm always intimidated on big bodies of water as far as getting to where I want to fish if it gets windy. And I know this is a lake like that. Um, So I tried to find places that I could get to easier depending on which way the wind would blow. So I wanted, you know, areas in each side of the lake. But then, honestly, after I got done fishing and started to learn stuff after the tournament, I feel like I never put myself in productive enough water to even have a chance to do well. I feel like I practiced in three days for the most part in areas of the lake. Yeah, anywhere on Rayburn you can win. Yeah. But I feel like I never got to those community hole areas where the majority of the tournaments are won. Okay. What are – this year – what are your goals? Because you had a really great year last year. Um, what's on the docket? What do you want to accomplish this season? I mean, in a perfect world, I would finish in, you know, in striking range in the top ten in points, you know, so I can qualify for major league fishing, no entry fees. That's the, I mean, that's the ultimate goal. I mean, obviously, we all want to win them all, want to win the championship. But realistically, if I can stay in contention in the angler of the year race to be in the top ten in points for major league fishing, that's that's my goal. There's you know, not as we're missing some names this year. We're missing Brian Thrift. He's beat a number of times, but also he's Brian Thrift. He's beat you a number of times. Yeah, I've done the math. He's beat me <laughs> a lot more than I've beat him. Um, you know, last year's AOI isn't here. Actually, I don't think we have any angler of the years in this field, uh, or any you know tour angler of the year winners. Um, do you? I did last year. Were you ever intimidated by the competition? This year, do you feel better about it, or is it just a matter of you got another year under your belt? And last year, once you got past the first one, you were ready to roll. And no, I haven't. I'm not intimidated by the competition. I wasn't intimidated last year because I've fished against a lot of those guys in Costa events. Yeah. So that you know that wasn't wasn't the deal. But I'm. I mean, yeah, a lot of those big names are gone. But a name's only worth, you know, what what's backing it. So I mean, I mean, there yes, were people who didn't know who Bradford Beavers was last year. Yeah, and Brian Thrift is a special name. David Dudley is a special name. But there's just as many guys coming up that are really good. They just don't have the name status. So I mean, you ain't beating the name. You got to beat the fishermen behind the name. So I mean, that's they're. It's going to be just as tough to do really well this year as it ever is. Okay, I like it. Um, do you? How much do you keep in? hand with knowing new guys coming up or anything like that like is there anyone that we should watch out for this year outside of Bradford Beavers obviously you're number one on my radar I I don't really keep up with much of them in fact some of my friends will be like oh such and such caught him and I just don't I don't I'm not a huge fan of you just like you go catch them and then go go back (laughs) but I do know 
I think his name might have been Cody Nichols. Cody Nichols. From the Southeastern Yeah, he won AOI last, last year. Yeah, I would say, I mean, anybody that can, I mean, look what he, Thrift had like almost three, he had finished 11th and then two top 10s and still wasn't enough. So, I mean, that's, I mean, and you don't accidentally do that. It's hard to have three good tournaments. I don't care if it's in your backyard or in lakes you've never seen. So, I mean, I'd say, you know, I'd say he'd probably have a, you know, expect a good season out of him. I think that's a good pick. I mean, I think there's – every year there's rookies where you can sort of look at. And, you know, last year you were one of them. Ron Nelson was one of them. You know, there were, like, some really standout rookies. I think Cody Nichols is probably one of those guys this year just because, you know, that Southeastern division, man, it seems to kick out some really, really good anglers every yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, that's just, that's just where the fishing happens is in the southeast of the country. Yes, there are fishermen come from other places, but the bulk of them come from southeast. Yeah, no doubt. Um, what uh, what lake are you most looking forward to on the schedule this year? Because we've got a pretty diverse schedule when it you know sort of all comes together. I have a hard time remembering all of them, but um, Dardanelle probably. Have you been there before? No. You just feel like you're gonna like it. <laughs> I don't know. I just I think I like the time you of year. Just duck hunt there a lot, right? No, I'm, I don't think much duck hunting <laughs> okay. goes on there. But I just I think, know they um, duck hunt in Arkansas. Dardanelle's in Arkansas, yeah, right? Yeah, that's, that's central to West Arkansas. All right. So yeah, I was trying to talk about yeah, duck hunting. Yeah, you tried. We'll give you credit. <laughs> but um, I'd say there because I don't think I feel like a lot of the guys on tour might not have a lot of experience there, and I just I like to go places that people don't have a lot of previous waypoints i think that gives a lot mm -hmm. of us like me that don't get a lot of help and people that haven't been on tour a long time i think it gives us a chance to figure something out that other people aren't expecting all right i like that um let's see what's your pb smallmouth with you that, <laughs> yeah, well, did we weigh that fish or yeah not? I, yeah we weighed it, it was um, what is it four pounds 13 ounces 13? i think it was something like that that is a Big smallmouth. Yeah, that's my – yeah, because I caught a four-pounder at Champlain in practice last year, but it was like four pounds, two ounces. Okay. But that one I caught with you was the biggest one. That thing was a gigantic fish. Yeah. I would say plan on breaking that, though, at the Detroit River this year. I think you got to shoot for a five. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. A couple I don't know any, sixes. I don't know anything about smallmouth. But yeah, just they're fun to catch. To catch. <laughs> I, do, I do believe out of all the places we went last year, I feel like Champlain was the most fun and – I can see myself this year, if I have the time, making a fun trip up there to fish for a week. How, uh, what did you finish at Champlain, and how did you fish? I think I was like 34th. Okay. I mean, so it was good. Got a check, did good. Yeah, I caught them, um, the major. I mean, I caught some just blind casting an Ed rig on flats, but the majority of the ones I weighed in would come off the bed. Did you, like, dive into the flogging for them oh, and yeah. stuff like that? Oh, was yeah, that was, fun, or yes. did you hate it? It was fun. I <laughs> okay. enjoy, I really, really enjoyed that tournament. It was, like I said, I, I want to go up there just to fun fish. Yeah. I had a blast. It's it's interesting. That seems like a divisive subject because some people hate it. Oh, it was a blast. I mean, you could watch those things eat it. I mean, the, the challenge isn't catching them on the bed. It's finding them on the bed. Yeah. And people told me before we went, like, trust me, if you know anything about fishing, you can catch them off a bed. I was like, yeah, watch me. I probably can't. <laughs> but then when I got up there, I realized the first one I found, I, like, was sneaking up to him. And I couldn't quite get to where I was. And I finally just ran the troll motor right over top of him, dropped a bait down to him, and he ate it. I said, oh, wow, this really is. It easy. really is that dumb. Yep. Yeah, because, like, you can uh... – I've seen guys in, like, three-footers literally, like, spot lock on top of them and look over the side watching them and then boop. Yeah, it, I mean, it was a blast. And I just – I loved it. I mean, I 
I can't wait to use that flogger again one day. Can you, well, I bet you can think of an application for it down south somewhere. You're just, have you, is, has there ever been another time you've been tempted to break it out? No, never. I, and I have tried to think of like, how can I use this to my advantage? And I can't think of any other way. You got to have that clear water and like really yep. dumb fish. <laughs> Crystal clear water and dumb fish. Outside of that, it's um. What a special combination. <laughs> say it's a paperweight outside of that. Yeah. What a. So you won on Hartwell this fall, um, and we're going back to Hartwell this year, which I think will be kind of interesting. Like it might be a postponed derby, from what I understand. Do you have experience that time of year on? No, Hartwell? I've I've been on Hartwell two times, and they've both been in the fall. Okay. Um, I'm, that's probably the one I'm dreading the most. I really? Don't, not a big fan of blueback Heron Lakes. I kind of I mean, know. Haven't you caught them on like Murray and stuff before? They got blueback there, right? I like. I really like blueback Heron Lakes in February. Thank you so much. Um, okay. <laughs> just because the fish, that's like the one time of year they set up like a bass should. But um, any other time, it's that those blueback Heron just really throw a wrench in the way those fish set up, and it's just not normal. All right. Well, it sounds like we got a meeting breaking up. I'm sure you're trying to go places. Uh, so I'll let you go, and good luck out there on Rayburn, man. All right, thanks. I appreciate it. Now we got uh, Mr. James Biggs in the house. Uh, it has been a handful of years, four years, I guess, since you fished the Pro Circuit, or I guess it was the Tour back then. But um, you also you fished two years on Tour, right? and you also – won the TBF National Championship in 14. Uh, the only reason I'm recalling most of this is because I asked you right before I hit record. <laughs> Details. But, uh, yeah, you fished the tour and then the, in 13, and then in 14 you won the TBF National Championship. In 15 you fished the tour, and uh, then you took a little bit of time off. You fished yep. series events, FLW series events in between there, uh, fished around, did other stuff, but you're back. Absolutely. I'm back and uh, very excited. You know, my last tournament uh, four years ago was the Forcewood Cup on the Wachita. Mm -hmm. And I got to make that through the Angler of the Year points on the FLW Tour at the time. Yep, so yep. that was a big accomplishment just because I got to compete at a pro level and make it. You know, I made it on the amateur level through yeah. the Nationals and got to make it on Tour. But, you know, I'm a full-time fireman. And between that and, you know, life and everything, it was sure. just too much to juggle the Tour, the fire department, and my family. Absolutely, so. absolutely. I, I mean, it's hard enough for guys to do it that own their own business, let alone, uh, you know, being in a profession that, that you're in. But uh, like I said, it's it's good to have you back. We're here in Texas. Yep. We're not really that far. Um, you live, you're from like the Dallas-Fort Worth area, right? Right. But About, you don't live in Dallas. Well. Uh, kind of? Is it yeah, one of those things where it's uh, like no, a I suburb? Okay, I, you do now. You I, didn't before. I, I lived in like south central Texas and Comanche and then uh, – Went through a divorce this past year, and I'm back in the DFW area, a lot closer. I'm actually in Hearst, but it's like basically in between Fort Worth and Dallas. It's like a million little suburbs. In sure, between. it's like when people I know that say they're from Chicago, but they're not actually from Chicago. But there's so many little towns around there that right. Any of my Midwest friends listening will will get that reference. People, oh yeah, I'm from Chicago. I mean, not really, but kind of. Well, nobody would know if you say the little suburb name. Would have a clue where you're talking about. I would assume it'd be middle of nowhere, Texas. Would be right. how I would assume that. Um, but yeah, so you made, uh, how far is it? Is it a couple hours from, from there to here? Almost four and a half to five. Dang, Texas yeah. is such a huge state. It really is. It Gosh. really is. I mean, I can fish two hours north and be on Texoma. I can drive like nine hours south and be on Falcon. 
<laughs> I can drive like five hours east and be at Toledo Rayburn, or I can drive another eight or nine hours west and be at Allen Henry, all in Texas. Yeah, and uh, which, you know, I really don't blame people. Uh, also, I apologize for the cardboard box that was getting dragged across the floor. <laughs> that was uh, a body, actually. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, folks. Um, but yeah, like, man, living in Texas, uh, aside from like things that can kill you, like spiders and snakes um, and the heat, would actually be pretty sweet. Because like you said, you know, basically a decent road trip, you can get to some pretty sweet bodies of water from your from your home oh without a doubt just uh within two hours of the house like a little over 100 miles i mean we got lake fork yep um we have texoma which are two totally different type of fisheries and then we have all those smaller lakes like eagle mountain lake worth granberry grapevine possum kingdom i mean we i can name just continue naming them we got Louisville, which is my probably my favorite tournament lake. oh yeah okay um we got 20 lakes within two hours like good lakes Gosh dang, that's uh, uh, the other interesting thing. Uh, Jody and I talked to you yesterday uh, when practice wrapped, the final mm-hmm. day of practice, um, and you said that it's funny because where you're from, uh, Texas lakes or the lakes around your house, they're not grass lakes. No. You know, and then you come down here and that's kind of like grassless king, right? Like a lot right. of guys that, that are good at fishing down here are good at grass, um, which is also a unique dynamic for this state too that you can sure. you can fish all these bodies of water that are really good grass lakes or really good hardcover kind of lakes uh and get kind of dialed on on each one of those which then leads me into how often do you actually fish on raver you know um i kind of made a point to try to never come back to raver <laughs> <laughs> so years ago i fished like it's been like 10 or 15 years ago i fished a bassmaster open here and i got the flu during the tournament and I was frog fishing and I lost fish after fish and it was like the Ooh. Rayburn curse I mean I was in pad stems and stuff you know, sure. so it's hard to land them and it, I, it didn't matter what I did I couldn't get them on the boat I think I finished like 194th out of like 200 <laughs> I mean it was like the worst tournament of my life and I swore at that point I was like fill it up with concrete I don't ever want to go to Rayburn again and so I've pretty much avoided this place for years until two years ago I made a championship, and I had already qualified this through the Bass Nation. I'd already qualified to move on through the state of Oklahoma because I was fishing Oklahoma and Texas. Yep. But my buddy that fished Texas with me is like, "Hey, you're going to leave me hanging and not show up to the last tournament because you know he qualified too, but he couldn't fish because we were linked up." Sure. And I was like, "Okay, I'll go." So we come down here, and uh, I ended up winning because it, it didn't matter if I won. So I ended up winning. You know. I, I, pretty good close to 40 pounds for you know two days it was fall turnover and the weights went down and it was a pretty good bag of fish and it was an area that nobody really fishes or you hear about much here so um that was the first time i'd been here so then it kind of piqued my interest okay maybe raver's not so bad after all you know one of those (laughs) kind of deals so then last year i fished the coasts and came back to rayburn it was 10 foot high yep i went to that same area but now instead of throwing a square bill i'm throwing like a 6xd yep you know and uh, caught them again. And I had the fish. I wanted to do really well in that tournament. But, I mean, cut a check and did pretty well. I was like, okay. So they lived there. So I started uh, feeling better about Rayburn, I guess. And then I got here this trip, and uh, those fish are nowhere to be found. I don't know. I, I thought I had something figured out, but maybe not. It's, it's been a pretty rough practice. Uh, you know, and, and there's um, a, a lot of guys are definitely saying that. You know, you're, you're not alone in, in saying that it was a rough practice. Um, that's – I don't want to say kind of the storyline, but you're definitely, and Jody and I talk about this on the podcast too, 
it's not uncommon to hear guys gripe. You know. Sure. Uh, you know, that's just that's what professional anglers do is they complain that it's not great. We sandbag. But at the same time, there is – every now and then you can kind of get the vibe that, like, oh, these guys aren't messing around. Right. You know, like, this they, – they're actually serious about it. And and I know you, and we, we talked about this yesterday, you're, you're not one – to sugarcoat things, right? You're just going to tell it straight up how it is. Um, you're saying it's tough. It was so tough that the first day I practiced, I had two keepers. The second day I practiced, I had one keeper. And then the third day, I caught four and shook a couple off. So I finally started getting a few bites. But, you know, since then, we're going to have an inch, inch and a half of cold rain come in the lake, and that may totally change it again. So Now, um, there's an article on FLWFishing.com right now that I wrote last night. Uh, about what the weather could potentially do. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've ever heard of a guy named Dickie Newberry. Dickie Newberry says they're going to bite like it's their job tomorrow. He says it's going to be game on, which I think is interesting because, like, so many guys have been kind of complaining about practice. Mm-hmm. Here, like you said, it's a cold rain. It's nasty outside. It's, like, in the 40s. I mean, it's yeah. it's chilly. It's like Thank goodness the tournament's not today, first of all. Right. Uh, but I just, I, it was so mind-boggling to me that here this this dude who's so good in Texas, Dickie Newberry, is like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, it, it's going to be fine. They're going to chew. Yeah. Man, everything I would think would be like, well, there's no way this is going to be good, right? Well, you know, we talked about that yesterday, and I actually told you the same thing. I mm-hmm. said the first half of the first day of the tournament, I think they're going to chew. Yep. And I think the bite towards the end of the first day and then going into Once day two is going day. to get tougher yeah. as the pressure gets higher. Um, I, I kind of feel the same way as Dickie. Uh, I wish I got around a few in practice and know where I want to start, where they're chewing. I mean, <laughs> that's the problem. When I mean, I, I knew I was in good areas, but I just didn't get any bites. So it's going to be tricky. I actually, my, I was talking to my dad on the way here, and he's like, you want to get earlier or late draw? I said, I don't really want an early or late draw because I have nowhere to start either day. I said, I hope to just get in the middle somewhere and get a little more fishing time each day because sure. I have nowhere to start. Like, I... I don't even know where I want to start. It's kind of bad. Like, <laughs> now, are you uh, are you the type of tournament guy that like? Do you really like to have a structured plan? Because I know some guys are kind of like, you know, if they're in your shoes going into tomorrow, they're like, oh, you know, I'll figure it out. You know, like they're kind of cool by the cuff. Or do you like that structure of like, no, 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 I know my first ten stops. You know, like I know at least where I kind of want to be. Or if someone's on it, I have a plan C, D, E, F, G. I try to have four or five stops in my mind. And that way, if I'm running up the leg, okay, there's somebody on it, keep going. Sure. To not get myself spun out. You know, have enough to where I'm going to get one of them to start the day. Right. But once I catch a few or don't catch a few or get a few clues, maybe, I'm then willing to be flexible okay. from there. So it's a little bit of both, basically. It is. It is. I like to be, you know, have a plan, but I'm okay with deviating if it's not going pretty quick like i'm i will ditch a plan way quicker than most pros <laughs> like i'll go pre-fish during a tournament a lot of times it, but Which i fish fast and i cover a lot of water yeah, I, yeah. I, I hit a lot of areas i just key on high percentage stuff and so i don't mind doing it but it didn't work in practice so that's why i'd be a little concerned with trying to do it in the tournament because sure. how poorly i did in practice doing that sure sure well uh you know obviously we talked about how it's a it's a lot different lake than it was last year but i mean as a whole like winter fishing in texas maybe maybe that's too broad of a thing because it's such a huge state but i mean is that 
is kind of right now like with the the little cool front that came through this week uh-huh. i mean is it would that just be kind of texas like where it gets kind of tough for a little bit this time of year yes uh generally we don't get cold weather started until january and february our decembers i mean growing up i remember being in shorts playing football out in the front yard many of christmas days like <laughs> okay you know it tends to get colder in fe- like february and we get oh, we get a lot of cold okay. rain and just get, and we get a couple freezes and also another one like i can't remember how many easters we we're easter egg hunting in snow oh. growing up. so i mean it's weird we get our weather happens later okay and, and with the florida strain genetics we have most of our lakes our fish do not like that cold weather. Yeah. The only saving grace we really have is if you have a lake with grass, the Florida strains tend to bite better in cold weather. But if you take the grass out of the equation on a lake that doesn't have grass, our Florida oh. strain fishing can be very tough. I could like, definitely see that. I've seen, I've been in 20, 30 boat tournaments in the winter and you get a big, cold, nasty, high rain and literally zero fish weighed in. Wow. Like, like, wow. Bad. or one <laughs> fish took the whole pot. Like, one eight pounder was caught. Gosh, dang. You hear that, Florida people? Just be thankful that you have grass in your lakes that your fish can at least be comfortable in and you can still catch them. Dang, man. And I imagine that most of the guys fishing those, like, 20, 30-boat tournaments are no slouches. No, it's on their home lake. I mean, these are, like, it was Lake Louisville I was thinking of. I've had two or three tournaments there where zero or one to two fish were weighted in the whole tournament. And it was always in the spring. It was always when the big, cold, muddy, high rain came in. Well, and if you remember even the open when Brent Chapman won, he, I think, weighed in in three days, like, eight fish or something. I mean, that was bad. It was – and, you know, the sad thing is, like, the week before, I thought I was on the fish to win that tournament on a a chatterbait. The water temple's mid-40s, and it was lights out. And then we had ice on the ground right before that tournament. The water temp dropped to 40, 41. And I caught one six-pounder in two days and finished 40th out of 200. (laughs) I mean – it, you know that's the thing those, those tournaments there like you were talking about before it's all locals so they're they're guys that know the lake pretty well sure well you know we have a a lot of guys with a lot of experience in this event and mm-hmm. you know you look back at last year just the conditions were so different mm-hmm. it really like any local advantage was gone almost all of the guys that i would consider a local mm-hmm. last year did absolutely terrible right you know i mean it was it, it was that bad this year i get more of the vibe that guys that have put time in on Rayburn mm-hmm. like you're through January February mm-hmm. and like kind of know what these fish do in the winter might actually have an edge which is kind of weird because I feel like a lot of times the local thing can be a deal but sometimes it, it isn't uh do you what do you what's your take on that for for Rayburn in particular it's a deal here I'm gonna tell you right now like I've been fortunate to travel around I think the Rayburn locals are probably as tough a locals to beat on their home body sure the water as anywhere in the nation like there's guys that make a living fishing Rayburn and Toledo. I mean, look at oh, yeah, Castle no Don and Cecil. For years, yeah. they probably, I mean, honestly, they probably made more money fishing right here than they did when they got to They Rayburn. honestly probably did. I mean, because they just jackpotted every single thing that came here, and they were always a threat. And you got a handful of guys like that that just mm-hmm. live on these two bodies of water. And, you know, big tournaments come here. Big money tournaments come here. And so the locals here are, are tough to beat. You know, last year with that water high, you would think it would have scattered the fish, but it actually really grouped them up. Yeah, it did. And, uh, you know, if it, there was a lot of guys who never got on the groups that didn't catch them, but the guys who found them really found them. And you know what? Honestly, it's still that way. Like, it'll be that way in this tournament right here. I think the winning weights will be very similar to normal weights, yep. but I think the cut-a-check number will be down. Sure. And, and I think it's it was hard 
it was, I mean, like I said, it was very hard to even get a limit's worth of bites in practice. And, and a lot of those fish were shallow, and I don't think this cold water running in, muddy water, is going to help that. Mm. So the guys who keyed on deep fish, I think, are going to be the guys that excel in this tournament. Which is, um, I, I guess, I don't know what Bradford and Jody talked about, but like that's kind of the Rayburn thing, the winter thing. You have like uh, offshore stuff, whether it's a brush pile. Mm-hmm. I guess there's not, not really a lot of deeper grass uh, this time, but Rush, you got some of those hard spots like on the ends of points or whatever that, that you could get a big bite on, and then it's that like rattle trap in the drains of the, of the hydrilla, right? That, those are your, like when I, from all of the BFLs that I have, uh, you know, read through and, and you know, talked to guys that have won down here, that's usually the deal mm-hmm. and you're kind of saying that that's probably that deep thing the offshore stuff is probably going to prevail end of this week absolutely i think uh eight to 18 foot so not super deep but off the bank sure 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 and out a little deeper and which last year would have been like on the bank that 18 foot that would have been, right. <laughs> been like as far as you get your boat up into the trees anyway yeah no doubt i mean that was an interesting deal to watch last year because i'd never seen the lake that high and it was incredible watching Bolton. I mean, just that was I mean, so the cool. schools. And if you think about it, he caught them good every day, but he really caught them one day. I mean, that one day he had thirty plus pounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, carried him so far because, uh, you know, he had solid bags every day. But that that day, because he didn't win by a lot, if I remember right. No, no, he really didn't. Lebrun uh, really was putting the herd, or putting the herd on, mm-hmm. uh, keep making them, keep catching them. But that also. Um, Jody and I were talking to Clark Ream last night. I'm looking over at Jody yeah. like he's going to engage on this podcast, <laughs> even though he's so far away. But All right, Kyle, I'll engage on the podcast. Oh, we got it. Everyone wants more Jody. But, uh, no, they don't. <laughs> the, I mean, the, the Texas thing, too, we, I think we talk about it in Florida a lot where you see, like, a kicker bite uh, help. Mm-hmm. But Rayburn is, like, 100% that late. How, like – you'll have some two-pounders and a nine-pounder. Yeah. And then you, if you just look at the weight, you're like, man, that dude stacked them up. But really, it was just one really big bite, and that seems like it happens a lot on Rayburn. It happens a lot. Like uh, my roommate Sims from Canada, he said yesterday he had a four- and a six-pounder on back-to-back cast pretty much with the deep crankbait. This probably won't air before then, but even if so, sorry, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I name-dropped you, will, but actually. Uh, we're that good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> earmuffs anyways so i mean that's the deal like you can catch them like that when you get out deep like back to back just boom 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 before you know it and a few casts have a really big bag but the next day they can be gone and he said that after that he looked around several other places very similar and the same spot just never got another bite yeah yeah it'll be it, it'll be really interesting to see how guys handle this event and how you're saying like on the offshore front um or the guys that are fishing away from the bank how they handle it day to day because like I could picture in my head, I'm thinking like if Brian thrift was fishing this event, this would be one of those where he would probably be making like a hundred stops a day. Right. But he would only catch them on like three of them. Or he'd only make like three stops a day. Cause old Brian thrift now like just sits around and fishes the same stuff. For, That's like, true. Hours. That's true. Also Bolton only won by like three quarters of a pound. So you guys yeah, it was real, on. it was real tight. Uh, but yeah, like that—that's kind of what I think we'll see. There'll be a lot of moving, probably, to run those schools or those brush piles or whatever the heck guys are fishing those deeper drains, whatever it is. But there, there's just going to be like a real small window of 
glory that comes out of this whole day of fishing. Sure. I mean, I fished 25 brush piles in practice, did not boat a bass. Caught a two-pound and a pound and a half crappie off the same pile, though, on a Carolina rig fluke. Crappie. I mean, Carolina rig fluke. Did it thump it pretty good? Yeah, it thumped it like a bass. And I leaned back, and I was like, ooh, it's got shoulders. <laughs> I was like, what I mean, is, a two-pound two crappie is a big what old What is crappie. wrong with my bass? We'll get those waypoints from you after this. Hey, no, Jody no, no problem, no problem. <laughs> but, so the interesting thing is I hit 25 piles, did not boat a keeper, and I'm still going to run piles during the tournament because right. I know at any point they can pull up on it and you can get well so quick. I mean, yeah. you just yep. can. Like, if I, if I stay doing the other things I'm doing, I'm going to – pretty much be maxed out at 15 pounds if i catch catch them really good yep but i can go out and do some of those piles and potentially get 20 25 pounds you know or nothing but sure. but there's a potential there to, to to make a big lick that you just can't do yep elsewhere well uh i guess the final thing i want to ask you is maybe just throw the listeners what you think maybe like um like a cut weight or a check weight okay. right we, we talked about winning mm-hmm. weights probably going to be about like last year um, but yeah, like about some middle of the road weights, like a, all right, like last check, maybe like a thirtieth place, something like that. I thought about that actually yesterday. So, winning weight, I'm gonna go like eighty-seven pounds. Ooh, okay. Top thirty weight, I'm gonna go two days, twenty-six pounds, so thirteen a day. Okay, okay. And I'm gonna go eleven and a quarter a day for the seventy-fifth check. For the last check. Yeah. There you have it, Mr. James Biggs. Uh, also, for the folks listening, they can follow you along on social media. Yep. Right? Um, yep. I'm on Facebook right now, James Biggs Fishing. Um, I'm just getting my Instagram fired up. Hey, now. Jody's the man <laughs> for GoPros and for Instagram. <laughs> there you go. That's, everyone knows that. Well, uh, I'm going to let you get rolling. Okay. Thank you very much for stopping by. Hey, no problem. Good luck this week, dude. Thanks for having me. All right, Kyle. So, uh, number one topic is uh, Sam Rayburn and, I suppose, Tackle Warehouse, which we can kind of intertwine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, a good segue. I would say, obviously, um, us announcing Tackle Warehouse as the primary sponsor of the uh, Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit is entirely due to the Tackle Warehouse game. Yeah, yeah, almost 100%. Yeah. We would assume. Yeah. Now, we have not been showered with gift cards yet, so maybe that's not the case. <laughs> uh, but maybe it is, and we're about to be. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's. Uh, I mean, that's, that's a pretty big-time deal because, I mean, honestly, is there, is there or are there people in bass fishing that don't shop at Tackle Warehouse? No. If you, if you don't, you probably don't bass fish. Like, I, I mean, there's definitely a poss- possibility that folks who listen to this podcast don't because they don't feel the need to have the latest thing, right? Or, yeah, yeah, that's fair. And, I mean, I found myself not going to Tackle Warehouse quite a bit because they don't sell bait very much. And lately this winter, I've been buying a lot of bait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, But generally, I would say Tackle Warehouse, especially with tournament bass anglers, pretty important. Yeah. Yeah, Super definitely. important. Both, um, I was doing, you know, I did that season prep article, mm-hmm. which the photos are just not at all to do with the article. It's disappointing, but such is life um, for that. But basically both Bohannon and McMillan said that, well, you know, you don't really need to order as much stuff these days because 
you can just overnight it from California. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, Tackle Warehouse is, I mean, it's pretty well used. Well, and, you know, for the past couple of seasons, I think, uh, you know, anyone that's followed along on our stuff, whether it's a, most of the time, if we reference a bait, we have links in our articles or the top 10 bait galleries, whatever they are, that take you right to Tackle Warehouse. So, you know, there was kind of a partnership there to begin with. So it's pretty sweet to see uh, Tackle Warehouse coming on in full force to title sponsor um, the Pro Circuit. And, uh, I mean, I'm guessing it's going to be a pretty sweet relationship because it's already been pretty cool. And like I said, all we did was just link stuff together, you know, like or uh, link baits to their, to their site so people could buy them. You know, if you see last year, DTs, right? For Pretty sure we sold them out. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that was. So, like I said, it's been a good relationship thus far, and I'm betting it's going to be even better now. Well, we will keep our fingers crossed and see how that plays out. Also, Tackle Warehouse gift cards, you know. Tackle Warehouse people, if you're listening. Yeah, I mean, like, I got some from Christmas, but, you know, it's going to be spring pretty soon. <laughs> Fans got to buy a tackle. That's right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's, that's big. Uh, what's going on now is the Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit kickoff on Sam Rayburn. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we're going to talk about anything else because really nothing else has happened happily. Yeah, um, no, I think this is this is our this is our bread and butter. I don't know, man. What are you what are you thinking about this tournament? I'm kind of done thinking about it. I'm just ready to let let these guys go out and fish and see what happens. I've heard so much about well, they're going to be in the grass. Well, they're not in the grass. Well, you got to fish offshore. Well, you might fish grass. Well, you know, rattle traps win on Sam Rayburn a lot. Well, rattle traps don't win on Sam Rayburn this time of year. I'm like. About done with it, and I want to just see you guys go fish. Mm-hmm. I think probably I'm not going to see as an electric performance as I got, you know, from Terry Bolton last year. But is it still going to be okay? I don't know. What's your vibe, man? Yeah, I think I think it's still going to be a pretty good tournament. I think um, I think some of it is that just a lot of the field doesn't have a lot of experience on Rayburn. You know what I mean? It's it's not one. It hasn't been one of those. Uh, you know, staple stops of uh, the tour, you know, for the past several years. So um, we have a pretty fair amount of new guys or newer-ish guys, and last year might have been their first time uh, to Rayburn, which is not a great time to be to Rayburn if it's your first, uh, when it's like 12 feet high. and Also not a great time to be a local. <laughs> also not a great time to be a local. I think this time around is going to be a lot better. I feel like after talking – to some of the local guys, like your Clark Reams and Dickie Newberry and uh, various other. LeBrun, Nick LeBrun gave us kind of that sub look, you know. Like, it's, I mean, uh, look, we are building up Nick LeBrun as the ultimate hero. Uh, the obvious favorite for Rayburn, which is, I mean, there's a lot of good Rayburn anglers mm-hmm. in this field. Like, quite a few, actually. Yeah. Dickie Newberry, the greatest Rayburn angler of all time is here you know what i mean yeah and he's not too worried about the fishing being like terrible you know he's basically saying i thought it was funny uh you know jim tut you rode around with him in yep. practice but today he was telling us that story about how he was like you know yeah. what why don't i just go fish where i know stuff? they're up. yeah and he went and he fished and he caught fish exactly and so, then he was like okay I'm, I'm i'm good so that to me this year i think we'll definitely see locals um play a lot more 
than last year because it's like a normal rate run, right? It's been weird just weather-wise down here. Like they haven't really had winter. Uh, it's actually been kind of warm. The water temps have been warmer than they would be for this time of year. So that's kind of the most griping I guess I've gotten from well, dudes that spend time on Rayburn. It's been cold. It has not been a fun practice. Yeah, yeah, the practice. But, you know, the, you know up until this point, just the weather down here, like it's been kind of nice. So this yeah. this week in practice was kind of the first big cooler snap. Now they did, they have had temperatures dip down into like the upper 30s at night, especially like earlier in January. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this week it just doesn't seem like it's, we haven't gotten those warm rebounds. Now we're about to be come tournament time, which is what Dickie Newberry was saying, um, like could be pretty good. Tomorrow we're on the tail end of some rain. We're probably going to have a little wind at takeoff. And then we're basically going to, I think the wind's supposed to taper down. It's supposed to get back into the 60s, which today was like low 40s. Today would have just been a miserable day to be fishing on Rayburn. Yeah, that really well, just anywhere, anywhere. really. Yeah. I mean, granted, it didn't rain super hard, but it was cold and rainy. And that's yeah, no fun. yeah, it was pretty wet all day, but it, it looks like that's going to blow out, so that'll be sweet. I think tomorrow morning, right out the gate, there's going to be a lot of fish caught. I think if you're paying attention to the to the live blog, like you're going to see a lot of stuff go on, and then it's going to kind of just peter down. And you know, you've been saying that too, that. Uh, which I feel like we had last year as well, right? Like it was that early morning. Last year, the morning bite was like pretty consistently hot. Yeah. And then people, like individuals, not at the same time. It wasn't like the whole lake got hot. But like individuals would get hot at certain times of the day. Yeah. Because Bolton was catching his, Bolton had his huge day at like 10 or 11 in the morning maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was, I think, a stretch where one time where Chad Warren caught him really good. And he, he caught him really good every morning, but then also he had one afternoon where, like, boom. Yeah, yeah. I think it was the final day, maybe, where he was, like, really just laying it to it. Mm-hmm. So it seems like there somewhere throughout the day there is a flurry to be had. You know, they're really biting fish. But it seems like, at least what we've seen, that morning is pretty clutch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I the think... first hour, the first two or three stops of your day – if you don't catch him there, you're going to be in some trouble probably. Mm-hmm. And one yeah. time Cordiano was like on a tear in the afternoon, if I remember correctly. Like caught like 40 yeah. fish in a row or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think you're right. But it, I feel like this tournament, it might be you catch them pretty quick. and But it may not be you catch 100 of them pretty quick. You catch three or four pretty quick. Yep. And then you spend quite a bit of the rest of the day looking for one or two more keepers and then also one or two more big bites. Mm -hmm. I guess we'll see. I'm going to be curious how many guys utilize like a, maybe a shallow thing in the morning. Like maybe they're winding a chatterbait somewhere or or throwing a trap and you catch like five. Maybe it's not great. Whatever, eight, ten pounds, twelve pounds. And then maybe pull deep and look for a bigger bite. Like, Deeper than 12, right? Because there's, uh, I guess, deep is relative. But there's a lot of really good juicy stuff from like 12 to 20 on Rayburn. With the with the water level it's at now, there's, you know, rock piles, old roadbeds, uh, stumps, 
Um, those drains that everyone always talks about, you know, those extend out on a lot of stuff. There's brush piles. Um, so I'll be curious, like, how many guys dabble on that or just commit one way or another? Or maybe do it the other way where you start deep and then go shot. Like, um, that's kind of what I want to see because it's more normal Rayburn for this time of year. Last year yeah. it was just kind of like hunker down and start casting. And To me, the start deep, then go shallow is the most intriguing aspect because I would think out deep, and maybe this is totally wrong, but like Osborne in practice, has he has a couple, let's say, they're not really that deep, but they're offshore. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They're not grass. He's got a couple of spots that he's caught fish off of. And his when he's visited them, the best times have been first thing in the morning or in the evening. So I feel like you're going to want to capitalize on that stuff. Sure, sure. And it seems like that deep bite, you can not catch them out there. Like, Oh, yeah. We, when I was with Colby Miller, we went over a brush pile, had a bunch of fish in it. He turned around. He got three little bites right in a row, didn't hook any of them, and then didn't get another bite off that brush pile for like the next 20 minutes. We came back, middle of the day, also didn't get a bite off that brush pile. There, The fish are still there. Yep. You know, so I feel like if you've got a spot or two that you want, you should hit it in the morning when those fish are active, because that's theoretically where you're going to get your concentration of fish. In the grass, you just grind on it. Right. I don't, maybe I'm it, wrong, you know? Well, and I mean, I guess going into the weekend, like, um, you know, Saturday, Friday and Saturday is supposed to be pretty warm, like mid to upper 60s and sun. So I could see that you start deep right away in the morning on a, say you got 10 brush piles you want to run through. You boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. Now the sun's getting up, the water temp's starting to come up a little bit. Fish are like, oh, I like yeah. this. So Kevin Lassione sneaks up into, quote, shallow water. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which we should mention that actually. So, you and I are both a little bit flummoxed by the idea that you would go shallower from four feet of water, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. The way the water is in Rayburn now, and the way most of the grass is, there is a legitimate way that you can go shallower. You'll see this when you get on the water, mm-hmm. where you can be fishing hydrilla that is a foot and a half, two feet below the surface in three to six feet of water, and then even shallower than that, there's some scattered hydrilla or there's coontail or there's hay grass or there's other stuff that you can fish between that and the bank oh okay so and like fish can be in that like when i was with tut like we saw a good one blow up like near the bank you know you saw in that colby miller story like he was Mm -hmm. catching fish in a creek like right up on the bank yeah you know those fish aren't deep so there definitely is a zero to x bite mm-hmm. uh probably zero to four, 45 feet right now because it's winter and rayburn and the water is like almost 60 degrees but also it's winter right right <laughs> you know so there's a lot of possibilities there um but I, I think that's interesting and it kind of especially with tut i really was able to understand that you know four feet is maybe mid-depth but you can totally keep fishing grass shallower than that yeah 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 that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. So that'll be definitely intriguing something to watch, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else that you're really like looking forward to? Anything like that? Seeing a big one. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I want to I wanna watch someone catch 10-pounder. Tut told me we'd see it 12. Bring it. Yeah. I'm I love 12-pounders. I love them. <laughs> They're great. Um, 
who do you think is going to win? Oof. I mean, you, you know, you and I were talking about it a little earlier, but you almost like I, I wouldn't be shocked if Bolton made another run at it. Not right? at all. He's caught him under these conditions before. Yeah. He's, if it is an offshore game, he's killer at it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it there's that said, if it is an offshore game, there's a lot of guys in this tournament who are really good offshore anglers on yeah. Raymond who have just the history. Yep. Uh, Reem was running them off last night, and like Reem's one of them, but you know, like Matt Reed. Oh, really yeah. good fishing offshore. Also has a lot of history on Rayborn. Rayburn. Osborne actually has a lot of history here. Tut's got a lot of history here. You know, McCall has a lot of history here. Maybe not really an offshore guy, but probably Still. knows all the spots. Or a right, lot and of if the there's spots. a guy that maybe is going to get on a good trap bite, like He'd I would say guy. McCall would be yeah. in there. Uh, Dickie Newberry, he literally, if you ever think about Rayburn without thinking about Dickie Newberry, probably throw yourself off a bridge yeah you're no, insane. don't do that but yeah you know, no that's a little aggressive but yeah you, yeah it's an insane thought um uh, and sure like castle and cecil are not here but like there's a lot of other guys who have beat them a lot of times in this derby mm-hmm. um well and then you know like we said earlier too lebrun right last year almost won. You, you know we said it, and lebrun was one of the few locals to really successfully adjust and that makes me think he could be all the more dangerous this time. Yeah. Because he's obviously willing to do stuff that other locals did not figure out. Yep. And he knows all the local stuff. Like, I'm pretty sure he was Cowboy Division AOI at least once. Yeah. No. Should he, I check? I think I'll he... check. We're, we're here. I got a computer right next to me. You know, I might must. as well. And, like, if you're Cowboy Division AOI, you know what? You have to fish a bunch. You got to fish Sam Rayburn. Rayburn. <laughs> you know, he's fished a lot of derbs here. Gosh, he's good. He was 2016. Yeah, um, okay. February 13th, he finished 30th on Rayburn. So that's a winner E. But he won on he won on Rayburn in April and then won on Toledo Bend in April as well. Yeah, that was when he went back to back. Yeah. He his worst finish of the year that year was 30th. It was on Rayburn. Uh, 2014, he's got a 62nd finish place in the February Derby on Rayburn. 2016, February, he's got a 30th. Oh, that was the, what was 2015? Okay, so one thing I'm learning is that February appears to be his weakest month on Rayburn. Hey, good thing for him. This is January. That is a plus. And also, we believe in him. Hey, in January... January 6th, once he finished 25th on Rayburn. Cash check. Boom. We believe in Nick LeBrun. I think yeah. we both think that he's the favorite, despite the fact that there are some other folks who would not be surprised if they won. Yeah, and, like, and we were talking about that in the car today. Up, like, when you kind of stack up the peripherals that he seems to have going for him, mm-hmm. the fact that the last several years, he just wins big derbies, man. He yeah. crushes it. And... Uh, also last year, I mean, there's a lot there, but there's also a lot of other guys who... And last year, really, um, you know, I mentioned it with, with Biggs, but, it, like, Rayburn, you you got to just, you got to get those, like, straight up big, big bites. He never got them. He didn't. Bolton had that 30-pound day. Without that day, LeBrun probably wins. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, For like, sure. and... and and not that he not, not a knock on you know, what Terry did, but not that he compl- not that LeBrun complained, but 
he recognized that the thing that separated from him from winning was he did not get a nine pound bite. Exactly. You know, he never had that giant. He had a lot of like four and five pounders, which is actually kind of weird for Rayburn because right. usually if you win, you've got like a big one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know. He could be due. Yeah, I just I, I think you're right. He's got a lot of weapons. That's probably the guy in my mind. That's the front runner. But uh, there is there is a, a laundry list of guys that if they were to win, you and I wouldn't be sitting at way in like, oh man, we did not see that coming. Yeah. But uh, it's gonna be I hope a fun derby. I'm really looking forward to like watching people catch fish and you know oh, watch yeah. people way fishing and just like wandering around and uh, you know having a derby. I'm also kind of excited for this one to reflect on it after the tournament and then look back at who did well. Like I feel like we don't talk about that a whole lot. Uh, yeah, we have this... a, it, the field composition is so new that yep. this is our first time to really, after this tournament, is going to be the first time to sit back and say, all right, well, who's new that did well? Who's new that did all that we expected? Who, if Cody Nichols finishes 110th, we'll be like, all right, well, Cody's going to need to turn this thing around. Yeah. You know, yep. we're going to need to think about uh, some new anglers, you know, kind of and calibrate things like, if Joseph Webster and Jeremy Lawyer both finish 50th, yeah, they're still 100% in the AOI hunt. But if they both finish in the top 20, we're like, all right, this is going how we expected yeah. it to go. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so I'm definitely looking forward to having some actual data to talk about. Yeah, 100%. Because, you know, we don't have the uh, history to go off of nearly as much yep. this year as we did last year. Yep. Um, even a lot of newbies are very new. It's, you know, Bradford Beavers and uh, Ron Nelson. Like, we knew a lot about those guys coming into the season last year. We were, uh, they had a long history of extreme success. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's going to be a little bit different this year. It's going to be fun, though. It is. Uh, Shall we plug some stuff? Yeah, we should. All right. We got an email address. We absolutely do. Uh, Questions, comments, concerns. Hit us up. Podcast at FLWFishing.com. Um, so we got social media all over the place. FLW, FLW Fishing. It'll help you find it. You'll get there. Uh, Kyle, you are Kyle Lumber on Instagram. I'm Jody Blanco on Instagram. Um, We're going to have FLW Live this week. Yep. FLW uh, Live is, you know, still going. 39 hours starts in 10 minutes. Yeah, we got to wrap this, this thing up. This is out. critical stuff here. <laughs> uh, you know, shout out to Uncut Angling. <laughs> Um, and then what else? What else? What else? Um, that's, uh, we got a lot of content on FWFishing.com right now. So So much. Feel free to like scroll around a little bit because there's total possibility you missed something and something good. Like your weather article is good. I honestly quite enjoyed my practice ride alongs. So I feel like there's some good meat on the bone there. You know what else we failed to mention that maybe we should have at least given them a shout out is... Daniel Fennell, uh, oh, doing new stuff. tournament director. Yeah, yeah, for the pro circuit. Yeah, read about it. But basically, Daniel's the tournament director. Bill is like, you know, he's super like, tournament director, super now. big time now. Yeah, um, it's not really going to change that much because from the outside, anyhow. I mean, yep. if you're a pro, you're going to start calling Daniel instead of Bill a little bit more. But like, folks watching, you're still going to see Daniel weighing in a lot of bass. Mm-hmm. Uh, so don't get you know too worried about changes on that front figure we throw that in there if people are scrolling around they're like what is this daniel fennel thing yeah well kyle and i can we can read we did know about it 
Yep. But uh, we <laughs> forgot about it until now. Um, it's been a long day. What? Uh, that's probably it. Yeah, Kyle's got a new Phoenix hat. I do. I'm trying to break it in right now. Yeah, I think that's a good call. It's not, it's not going great. Not, not we going go. well? <laughs> hey, here's the thing. I bet you got Old Faithful ready to go in the morning. I'm going to have that camo TH hat ready to rip. I'm going to be rolling with my little uh, knit cap. I probably should. It, it's going it to be chilly, be man. I do have some gloves ready to go, though. I got three or four pairs of gloves with me. <laughs> Basically, I have everything I ice fish with in the truck. So yeah, I'm that's ready. clutch. That's clutch. Uh, didn't bring my auger, though. Well, if you would have, then it definitely would have, like, blizzard oh, or dude. something. Imagine us out there, Strike Master 40 volt, boom, 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 putting holes in. Throwing some tip-ups down yeah. out in front of takeoff. Dude, we would crush them. Dude, that'd I be mean, sweet. I'm sure these bass here eat a shiner. Oh, I bet they do. Right? <laughs> I bet they do. Could you imagine catching, like, a 12-pounder through a hole? You, we need to go ice fishing on Sam Rayburn. You'd have to cut a couple holes, I would think. Like, I, don't I know, think it would be so fat. You think you could hole? fit it through an 8? I think I mean, a could. 10, maybe. You can fit a 4-pound smallmouth through a 6-inch hole. So... I'm thinking, first of all, to me, largemouth are like a little more sloppy. So like, <laughs> I think you can kind of squeeze them through. Yeah. A ten, an eight inch hole. I mean, that's a pretty big hole, right? That's like yeah. yay big. I guess. Yay big. The so problem for folks at home, you know, he's holding <laughs> his hands roughly eight or nine inches apart. He has no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot this isn't a, it's not a. Yeah, this is a great audio medium. <laughs> uh, you could. The problem might be their mouth. When they get to the bottom of the hole, if it's open. we got to get them to close their mouth. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll, this is something to dwell on. Here's the thing. If anybody's ever caught a 12-pounder through the ice, let us know. Yeah. Also, if you have a place you could catch a 12-pounder through also, the ice. Also, let us know. Yeah, hit us up. we want to come. <laughs> hit us up. Podcast at FLWFishing.com. Yeah. Here's the thing. I'm pretty sure the Massachusetts state record is a 15-pounder was caught through the ice. So we just need to call that dude and be like, hey. How big was the hole? <laughs> but, well, actually, uh, cut like a spearing hole. Yeah, it's a spear it. hole. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's been a great podcast, Kyle. Yeah, thanks for staying through it if you if you made through the whole thing, everyone. And yeah. uh, I guess next week, probably have a podcast. I'm staying down in Texas to cover the series event. Yeah, we're going to make it happen. Bend, but we should be able I'm to going to Alabama to go fish and then we'll driving try, a bunch. We'll try to get some picks for Toledo Bend, baby. And, uh, what is... What division is that in? I know this sounds bad, but like I am. I think it's a southwestern. Southwestern, I think. Okay, I'm. You know, I honestly I'm just didn't saying look. I just we know got a color. lot of. Uh, we got look, a lot more series. Is the point is giving is you the heads up. Giving you the heads up that if you were for a while like, man, I wish these guys had some more tournament content. It's about to get real. We gonna have all the tournament content. That we are. Uh, so yeah. Uh, with that, let's go get food and watch 39 Hours. Uh, everyone else that's listening, enjoy your weekend. Follow along. Watch some hogs get caught. See ya.